1: Alright folks, the return we've all been waiting for is finally here. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping in the Octagon this Saturday. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with first deposit. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by, well, one of my co-hosts. I got Nick Floor here. Nick, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great, bud. How you doing?
1: Oh, not too bad. We just talked last night uh, in the post-game show, um, but uh, how was how was your evening?
2: Uh you know what it, it could have been worse. Let's just put it that way.
1: Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> Coming off of a loss, it could have been a lot worse.
1: And and how was your pregame? I know we had uh we had something go down just before the stream.
2: Oh yeah, so um the cat escaped. Hope my wife isn't listening to this because she'll be pissed. Oh, she doesn't uh, know. She doesn't know. She's not here. She's out getting uh my son's getting a haircut right now. They opened uh the cookie cutters Kids salon up. So, he needs a haircut badly. Just as the, bad the, as I, the I true do. The
1: question is, do you get a cookie at the end of the haircut?
2: Unfortunately, no. You get yeah. a sucker and a balloon and I'm like, I've been lied to, but it's pretty cheap, so.
1: Why would you name it cookie cutter then? That's for, that um oh, that's for another day. That's for another
2: <laughs> yeah. podcast. Comment live if you believe they should change their name. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So this is our first podcast of the regular season. It is. We did a preview on Thursday where I had interviewed Sheng Peng after uh, quite a bit of IT issues. We were able to actually get the interview going there. And uh, one of the best interviews that I've had with him, of course, I've only done two. But more to come, hopefully. I roped him in at the end. I don't know if he listened, but um, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I roped him in. I said, "Hey, you got to give us a bold prediction." He's like, ah, "I can't really do that right now. I got no, I got nothing to go off of." I'm like, "Well, you're gonna come back on then." He's like, "Well, I guess I don't have a choice." But <laughs> uh, again, you can go check out his work at San Uh We'd love to have him on here. He writes up pretty much two to three articles a day, uh, sometimes more. He does winning plays. He, he sees the game from a perspective in which us as fans won't because we are hyper-focused on the Sharks need to score, the Sharks need to score, the Sharks need to score, whereas he will show a gif uh, example on one of his winning plays of a, uh, a nice little trick play the Sharks actually tried late in the third period that has a little bit of potential, so I recommend go taking a look at that clip. It involves uh, Brent Burns and Kevin LeBanc, so go check him out at SanJoseHockeyNow.com. And uh, I think we're just going to roll into this recap of what happened this last weekend and how the Sharks games went against uh, our buddies, the Arizona Coyotes.
1: Yeah, two games against the Coyotes. We pulled out a victory in the first game. Um, You know, I think everybody in that first game, the Coyotes and the Sharks, were looking a bit shaky. Everyone was looking a little bit rusty. (laughs) Like, to be honest, it wasn't the greatest game of hockey I've ever watched, but it was the first game back, so I was stoked nonetheless i think there's some positives some negatives to take out of that first game but at the end of the day we went in a shootout and uh that ryan donato shootout goal was amazing absolutely incredible he's I was from the soda pod covering the minnesota wild he's sitting next to me saying uh you're welcome you're welcome oh yeah hey, i told you the guy's got uh he's got a shot and he's got some silky hands that's what we need on the sharks can't do much else but he can score baby
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> I had to hey. throw that in at the end, Dave.
2: Eh? always got to throw his jab in. That's Isha, yeah. you know. I think he's still emotionally damaged from the fact that we got him for nothing.
1: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's looking at me. He's shaking his head.
2: Uh, Shane Van Ice Who?
1: says, "Hey, um, Shane, one of the biggest fans of the Stick Hungry podcast. At least
2: we know the the stream is working, so that's nice to know."
1: Um, Shane says, "At least half the hosts were sober enough to sh-
2: <laughs> to show up." You don't know if we're sober, Shane.
1: That, hey that's true that's true
2: <laughs> oh but yeah back to that donato goal that was silky smooth that's something the sharks have we haven't seen from the sharks in quite a while what seems to be like a pure scorer a guy with given enough time and space can pick his spot and put the puck where it needs to go to get into the back of the net and uh i was very surprised I was like, okay, I, I expect Couture to go out there first. Maybe they throw in Kane and Hurdle because that was the hot line in that first game, you know? But no, he rolls out Donato. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Are we, yeah, I, are, I are we trying surprised. to lose?
1: <laughs> I was a bit surprised as well.
2: And then he just goes, he, he gets patient, Deeks out Darcy Kemper and goes over the, uh, I believe it was blocker side when I broke down the GIF early. He, he went and just waited him out and then elevated it over the blocker. And
1: whew. The, the patience that he showed in that play was unbelievable.
2: Was, I like, high-stepped. Oh, yeah. It was nice to see. Exactly. I mean, I high-stepped around the living room like, Whoa! <laughs> damn, okay, I see you. He's working but, for that second line right wing spot. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, please tell me you've watched these videos on YouTube. Have you seen Big Quint? No. When he reviews rap albums? Okay, go go watch that because I can imagine that was you. Uh, a- after that goal, this guy basically watches rap videos or rap songs, and uh, he just dances around because he gets so pumped about it. That go watch it; you'll you'll see uh, you'll see the connection there.
2: That sounds amazing. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> when I suggest something on YouTube, you know it's
2: going to be amazing. Yeah, we just uh, had a little discussion about Nelk Boys, so was <laughs> shout heated. out to the
1: Nelk Boys. Let's get them on the show.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, could do a, we could do a uh, full Sand Stick Hungry collab merch drop. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, just a, a quick recap against uh, Arizona game one. Of course, we didn't do a post game show. It was a bit of a later, uh, it was a later start date. And I currently podcast out of the bedroom and what is known as the crowded corner. So would not work out with is that an the official little... name crowded corner. Yeah, this is it. I'm thinking about getting a sign, but the problem is we're buying a house soon. So then the crowded corner doesn't exist anymore. So I just want to let oh, this could, be.
1: Could you not find a crowded corner in the new house? Uh, No, it's going to
2: have its own dedicated room. The office is going to set up. We're going to have the pictures. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. We're going to find it's bad, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, we didn't do a post game, so we'll do a quick recap. Uh, Sharks won four to three in the shootout. Uh, Two goals by hurdle. uh, Another one by Kane and that boy, John Leonard, gets two assists in his NHL debut and he is a man as a manly man. He is his biggest question mark. I want to say going into this season was, is he physical enough for the NHL? Is he going to be able to keep up with the physicality of the NHL and how they play? And he did a phenomenal job in game one, uh, working Derek Brassard off of puck on the half boards, keeping the play alive. And he's, he's just such a pleasant surprise, uh, much like other sharks, prospects that have come out of late rounds, i.e. Kevin LeBanc. It's nice to see us getting these these nice diamonds in the rough of these late round uh, drafts, essentially.
1: Yeah, I, I think he played great. Uh, like you kind of mentioned, he didn't look out of place at all. He didn't look like a rookie out there. And I, th- I feel like he's going to fit in well with that top line. So hopefully he can stick around uh, for a couple more weeks and really prove himself. But, man, if he can stick around with those guys, he'll rack up the points as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you call it a top line, right? But if you look at the the, the lineup sheet, the Hurdle line, or as uh, Jonathan Betra has dubbed it, the Hulk line, HLK, Hurdle, Leonard, and Kane, uh, is technically the second line on the sheet with mm. Couture centering Meyer and LeBanc. So uh, they had a bit of a rough start in game one. Again, 10 months off can't expect everyone to be hot off, hot, you know, hot off the press. Essentially. I want to say, give this team a uh, 10 to 12 games before we can accurately identify what the identity of the team is going to be moving forward. Um, but in the next game, they actually showed that they had some, some good opportunities and, and uh, Meyer actually converted on one of those goals. But I just want to brush over a couple of stats in the first game, uh, whether or not they are concerning or if it's actually not a bad thing. I mean, it's, we're just giving you guys the breakdown about what happened and the big star next to this one is, and that's something that we're, we're going to touch on a little bit because it kind of rolls over into game two as well is uh EK 65, better known as Eric Carlson had just over 32 minutes of time on ice.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot for that guy. And honestly, I know it was the first game back, but he looks slow. He looks slow out there and it is slightly concerning now. I know we can't. Put too much faith in the third pairing that we have right now, so that's going to elevate his numbers overall. But I just wasn't that impressed.
2: Yeah, uh, one scout referred to him as having no pop. Again, he was interviewing with or, or spoke to Shane Pang about it. He said that he had uh, he had no pop. Uh, the good thing is is that the whole team was slow <laughs> in a sense, uh, and we're not saying that Eric Carlson is has to immediately come off of a ten month absence and I think even longer because he was injured and be completely fresh and just flying around the ice because if he can keep his speed up and he uses his stick handling to do what he does best that's how he became the Eric Carlson that we essentially traded for um so moving forward again it's going to be at least another 10 more games before we can see the guys get their legs underneath them and he showed signs of improvement in the second game as far as speed goes he had a little bit more stride uh didn't wasn't as indecisive essentially with the puck as well we noticed that you commented on the 4 on 3 power play in game 1 and how it seemed that uh he you said you messaged me carlson just needs to shoot the fucking puck there cuz anything can happen if you get the puck on that it's like he didn't know where to go with it and he wasn't very decisive
1: yeah, in that overtime, it happened. Also, late in the third, there was a play where he could have had a beautiful shot on net. Decides to pass it, and the oh. and the play was broken up. And it's like, I, I get what you're doing. If it's the second period in a one-one game, okay, maybe make that pass. But when you're when you're late in a game like that, you just got to get the puck on net. So that that was a little bit frustrating. I saw a lot of people on Twitter are pretty frustrated with that. But like we've said over and over, it's the start of the season. Let's let's let them get settled. Uh, into this season before we can start uh, barking too hard at Eric Carlson.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, not a good look for the third D pair. No. Uh, Bob Boomer's already gone on record to say that this team needs redeem Shimmick. and he said that after the second game, actually. And it it's not necessarily a complete burn on the third pairing. They They played well at times when they needed to play well. A uh, big shout out to Nikolai uh, Knishev for bailing out Jacob Middleton at least two times that I saw. So if I saw it two times, then God knows how many more times he's bailed him out. Um, I know there are a couple of people who have been very impressed with his gameplay. I like to see where he goes moving forward. Um, but this team definitely needs uh, redeem Shimek a little bit of stability on that third pairing uh, to see essentially where this the defense needs to be better. And exactly. that's not just third pairing either. That's the entire team.
1: No, defensively, I mean, the top two pairings weren't great in either of these games against the Coyotes. Uh, you know, Brent Birds, he was struggling a bit in his own end. I mean, he always kind of does, uh, but I did notice that in the first game. Second game, I felt like he improved slightly. Uh, he was also jumping up in the play quite a bit in the second game. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, uh, but, you know, we need some more offense, so, so I'll, I'll take that at the end of the day. Um, let, let's move on to special teams. Uh, the power play, we were one... Uh, for four on the power play and three for four on the PK. What did you think of the Sharks power play in the first game?
2: The first game, it seemed like, uh, so that hurdle goal was a, a setup goal. Actually, uh, Couture talked about it a little bit. He just needed to get the puck on on the net. And that's when you see uh, Kane essentially on the doorstep. Sorry, a hurdle on the doorstep, and he, he pots her in there. Um
1: Uh, sorry. Sharks fan (laughs) underscore three says we need
2: redeeming. I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when Steve always chimes in. It's the best. Yeah. Um, it's the power play looked good at points and, and then it looked bad at at some points there. There was a time where Logan Couture had seemed very frustrated with what was going on. Like the sharks system with Rocky Thompson is going to be what has been classified as possession over position. So, before the sharks would come in and they'd have a very lackluster zone entry that was very predictable, a la the drop pass to a, a sprinting Eric Carlson to try to take it in, and then you see everyone kind of slow down at the blue line to try to get set up. That's gone. It's not happening anymore. You're seeing three men entering the zone at full speed. The zone entry for the sharks on the power play has been amazing. It's been phenomenal to watch. Maybe it's just a change of pace. Maybe that's the the league norm, and we haven't been seeing that the last five years. But the possession of puck getting into the zone on a power play has been phenomenal. The execution, it's going to take a little bit of time to work on. And we saw that in game two, but as far as game one is concerned, it a one for four, 25%. You, you want to be a little bit better than that. And um, I think we're going to see that improve over time. And it, and it showed in game two penalty kill also could do a little bit of improvement, but we lost our two best penalty killers in the off season. We lost Carlson and we lost Barkley Goodrow. So, Whoever slots into these roles as the primary penalty killers has yet to be found out.
1: Uh, we have another comment from Shane Van Ice. Thanks for uh, tuning into the show on Facebook live. Uh, he says the Sharks defense is as reliable as Kyle's internet.
2: Correct. Thanks,
1: Shane. Correct. Thanks. Yes. You uh, should roll What are the odds on LA Ray being a closet Sharks fan? And are the lines on DraftKings.com promo code THBN? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> DraftKings.com promo code THBN, folks. Our new sponsor. Uh, exclusive offers every week, so make sure you sign up with that code. And uh, check out LA Courtside Podcast with LA Ray. That guy's an absolute beauty, and he might be a Closet Sharks fan, so you never know. You never know. Isha Drobi saying thank you. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs>
2: Um, one more area I wanted to talk about in game one before we kind of transfer over to game two is we blocked significantly more shots uh, than Arizona 22 to 13 Um, but something that was a bit of a it didn't pass the eye test at all was the uh, face-offs the the Sharks were bad in the face-offs and it it didn't get better in game two it actually got worse so we had a 45% success rate in the face-off circle so
1: did, did you say sex rate at
2: first? No, I did not. That's
1: not a bad rate. I it? did not talk
2: about that at all. <laughs> that, that word was not said.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. The face-offs have been a problem early this season. Hopefully we can figure it out because, uh, yeah, in game two, it was looking real bad, real bad. Uh, should we move on to game two?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's take a little bit of a dive. We, uh, we did a post game recap on, on day two, for those who didn't see it, you can check it out. We uploaded it onto our YouTube page on the hockey podcast network. Uh, take a look at it there. If not, you can catch basically everything we're going to talk about it right here. There you go. Uh, so the
1: sharks losing this game against the Arizona coyotes, or should I say Phil Kessel, they lost to Phil Kessel, uh, um, man. Yeah. I mean, Phil Kessel's got three goals this season already, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, Losing 5-3, very unfortunate. Um, You know, we came out, I'd say, pretty strong in the first period. We came out tied 2-2. In the second period, it absolutely fell apart. We were looking flat-footed, giving up chances. We had no offense going. It just looked terrible. That was our worst period so far this season.
2: Yeah, I think the funny part about it is that we had better numbers in the second game than we had in the first game as far as like possession, time of possession, uh, high danger scoring chances, stuff like that was actually more in our favor in the second game that we ended up losing. So that always...
1: surprising because it didn't really look like that either. It didn't pass the eye test uh, to me.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of... I think the main problem was is that it was the ultimate double edged sword game for the Sharks. There were times where the Sharks had possession in the offensive zone and they were just peppering onto Ranta. And then,
1: oh, I, it, li- I like the little flair in the anti Ranta. You, you,
2: you gotta, isn't that how you pronounce right. it? I'm trying to be as, 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 as correct cultured as you possible. can be. You know, this guy, guy's got two, two A's in there and then Fair a third enough. one at the end. Like, Fair come enough. on now. Fair enough. Um, gotta get your trills on. <laughs> 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 um, but the amount of offensive possession and success rate in the ozone was immediately countered by just inexplicable mistakes that led to, in one instance, a 2 on0, or sorry, a two on one, and then a four on one breakout for the um, for the Arizona coyotes. I think the majority of that has to do with getting used to this type of system that they haven't been playing in. Again, it's only in the second game, but like that is just, bad
1: (laughs) it's horrendous and like when the two-on-one then the four-on-one happens you know within about i I don't know what was it 45 seconds a minute apart oh it wasn't not
2: even that far it was almost within like 15 like they they get it out after burns does his uh ballerina whoop-de-whoop whatever (laughs) you want to call it his bailout to try to stop the two-on-one uh ferraro actually proceeds to try to because I don't want to say he's the main reason for what happened on that two-on-one, but if, if Burns is the one that's back-checking, then Ferraro's the one that's stranded in the neutral zone somewhere. So Ferraro ends up, to get the puck back. Ferraro and the bank try to break out together. For some reason, Logan Couture decides now's a great time for a line change. He, he tries to go off the ice, so you have guys hopping on. Burns is still the only man back because Ferraro, as I just said, tries to take the puck through the neutral zone. And it just turns into another clusterfuck, and they get a four on one. How they didn't score, we'll never know. Yeah, and Bird's I- also
1: at the end of a shift at that point, and he's trying to break up a four on one. Like it's yeah, it doesn't work, guys. Come on.
2: Yeah, uh, it was oof. A lot of bad decisions after good decisions. Yeah. Um.
1: Um. You know, and, and looking at the scoreboard, we obviously had five goals against. Now you might say, "Oh God, here's the old Martin Jones." I didn't think he was terrible. I think he just got unlucky that game. There weren't any beautiful goals. There was a lot of tip-ins. That one with Phil Kessel was kind of a backhand that he didn't see. and kind of caught him off guard. You hate seeing goals like that go in from the hot dog man, but it's going to happen every once in a while. We got to see Devin Dubnik for the first time. He looked all right. I mean, he didn't play that long in the third period. I think maybe 14, 15 minutes but I, I've been all right with Martin Jones play so far, and, and you might shake your head after a five goal game, but I think he's looked fairly comfortable.
2: I think if you look at three of the goals they scored, he didn't know where the puck was at all. So that that goes to him being screened in front. Like a, we went back. We talk about faceoffs, right? The Sharks went into the second period with a sixteen percent faceoff percentage. That's bad. That's very bad so i didn't know it could go that low i really yeah not pro you know the shark team we like to set records good or bad so <laughs> we have patrick marlowe attempting to get the all-time record or the all-time games played record and then we're also trying to have the least face-off <laughs> percentage <laughs> record at the same time and uh you saw that change where he went to center on the fourth line he actually ended up with an 80 face off rate. so i mean why are you getting outworked by a 40 year old man but um if we if we focus on the team defense, uh, Jones is screened for th- at least three of the five goals. The first one by Phil Kessel was a fucking beach ball that just floated in somehow, some way. Uh, but the, if you look at the, the the heat chart, essentially, or the heat map on natural stat trick, you see four of these goals come in the slot or in the high slot. So the Sharks need to find a way to keep these, the, these guys who have essentially p- uh, possession of the puck. They need to keep them on the perimeter. If they can keep them on the perimeter... Jones can make his positional saves. He's not the type of guy to move side to side effectively. Um, He's he's more of a, as long as I'm in the right place, my big body should be able to stop the puck type of goaltender. So uh, we'll see what happens. Again, like you said, I don't think Martin Jones had bad games necessarily, but we will see what happens uh, as far as the decision to move forward for game one against St. Louis come Monday. If uh, Dubnyk's going to get the start or if they're going to let Martin Jones take it on again.
1: What do you think? I, I think it's going to be Dubnyk. I think at this point you have to get him in there. Martin Jones had a rough game. Give him the night off. I, I think it's going to be Dubnyk.
2: Yeah, I feel like you're at the point now to where you already see some teams are making that decision to go to the second goaltender. Now it's easier for Arizona to do that when you have guys like Antti Ranta and uh, Darcy Kemper. Yes, I'm going to keep saying his name like that just because I like to say that. I
1: I love it. I love it.
2: (laughs) Um, But when we're running with the goaltending tandem that we have, uh, it's better to try to keep them warm, I guess, which is why I predict them to have that 60-40 split. So what better time to do it than now?
1: Yeah, I I agree. And and we got to see what we have in Devin Dubnik too uh, before we can make any decisions. Uh, Anything else you want to touch on for uh, this second game against Arizona?
2: Um, Yeah, I want to kind of give a couple quotes uh, from Bob Boogner during the uh, press conference post-game. One of them where he says, and I quote, there were some turnovers tonight toward the end of the second period when we got down a couple. I thought we tried to press a little too much. So you can view this as one of two ways. The Sharks got desperate when they're only down by two in the second period. They got a little desperate and they tried a little bit too hard. And they're making the mistakes instead of just sticking to the game plan and playing their game. But in a sense... That's a nice breath of fresh air for us Sharks fans who coming off of a season where the second they went down, everyone just kind of did their own shit. Where now it's like, okay, they have a little bit of urgency to their game, which is good, but they're still working towards the same goal. The only issue that you have with it is when you're playing at this fast pace, the passes need to be synced up. The teamwork needs to be there. One of the goals was a, a a bit of an egregious turnover from Kane. We're breaking out of our own defensive zone. Uh, Kane thinks hurdle is maybe behind him. I I don't know what happens. So he just does a little drop pass off the boards behind him. And instead it goes to an Arizona Coyotes player and they convert and they score a goal. It's if you want to play fast, you have to be able to play fast in sync. Failing fast, isn't going to do it well, which is exactly what Shang Peng wrote as his article headliner sharks fail fast. You know, on San Jose hockey now. So,
1: good title. Good title. They
2: they played fast, which is their game, but they're still a little bit out of sync. They're you know the passes from the defensemen to the to the to the forwards are a little out of sync as well. But give them time. That's all it
1: Van D- Ice says, "Would you say it's malleable Swiss cheese?" Um, yes, yes, I would. Sure. there you go Shane there you go
2: I I think he's talking about the Sharks defense yeah malleable Swiss cheese or or Martin Jones one of the two
1: one of the two they're all all in the same um all right anything else we want to touch on before we uh move on in the show here
2: um Carlson's minutes went down
1: yeah he was down at I think 27 minutes that game which is
2: it was was nice nice to see
1: I I mean also at the end of the day we got to remember um the the Sharks and Coyotes went to overtime in the first game. So his minutes were inflated slightly because he played, I think, over half of that overtime. So realistically, he'd be in the high 20s, but still, I'd rather see Eric Carlson playing 25 minutes a game. I think that's I think that's a good number for him right now.
2: Yeah, but the assumption with that goes along with you have other players that can occupy those other minutes. And right now it it seems to reflect that Bob Bugner doesn't believe that to be true, which is why. You know, he came out and publicly stated that this team needs shimmick back. So he can throw those minutes on there um, going Indeed, like uh, redeeming, like Steve yeah. said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um,
1: Steve, Steve saying expensive Swiss cheese.
2: Yes, it is. It's very expensive Swiss cheese. It's the it's the good Gouda. <laughs> Gouda's not Swiss. Nick, what are you talking about? Um, quick uh, numbers on the special teams. We were actually two for four on the power play. Uh, better. A lot better and one for three on the penalty kill. So, again, improvement over time. We want to see where this team's at. We're going to limit test ourselves with St. Louis on Monday and uh, see where we go moving forward.
1: Um, Man, I I think this power play, if we can get it together, we have the tools to have a dangerous power play, and I I think that can be one of our strong suits moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, you want to look at a great power play. Look at what Colorado did to St. Louis. I believe it was on Friday? think it was Friday Friday night yeah they got absolutely blasted five for seven on the power play oh, in an eight to zero route like they destroyed the blues absolutely they had them singing the blues I actually uh had a little appearance
1: <laughs> that was that was good that was
2: uh, cool. I had an appearance with uh Tom and Wags on the Blue Nose podcast and they refused to talk about it and it seemed like it was a drinking game anytime someone brought up the eight to zero game they had to take a shot so they were needless to say, they've been hammered since Friday, and here we are.
1: What oh, if I lost eight nothing? I'd I'd be there too. Uh, Shane Van I says, But what was the sex rate? All right, Shane, oh god uh, damn it, we're just gonna move on quickly from that one. That didn't happen.
2: <laughs> uh, moving forward, looking at the St. Louis Blues, um, what do you think, Dylan, the Sharks can do to not necessarily impose their will because we're not a physical team anymore, we've got more speed. What do you think the Sharks need to do? that the avalanche necessarily may have done to, to win this game on Monday.
1: Well, I mean, you brought up the power play and I I think with the speed that we're seeing from this sharks team early on, I think we can draw some, some penalties against the St. Louis blues team. I I mean, I don't think they're the quickest team in the league right now. And I do think that they're going to take a step back this season. And I think we can actually compete uh, with the likes of the St. Louis blues. So I think that's the biggest factor for me is keeping, uh, keeping a high tempo and drawing penalties, Against this slower St. Louis team,
2: yeah, you give up five goals on seven power plays, and then you don't score any on four yourself. It's not a good recipe for success. Um, my Actually, biggest
1: Steve has a great point here. He says now the Blues will want to take it out on us. Yeah, they are yeah. going to be a uh, be an angry team. They're going to want some redeeming, as you would say.
2: <laughs> God damn it, we're going to keep doing this. All uh, that's
1: that's the title of the episode: redeeming.
2: Sharks need redeeming. That's yeah. what it's going to be. um thank you steve i send me your venmo i'm gonna pay you for that (laughs) (laughs) um i don't want to say my biggest concern would be the physicality of the blues my biggest concern um is vander kane's availability now uh it might seem a little funky why i'm asking that it's because vander kane had a bit of a a run-in with oliver ekman larson who it came out i believe today that he's going to be missing some I think it was significant time was the word that was used with an upper body injury. So
1: that's Oliver Ekman
2: Larson or or Kane. This is Oliver Ekman Larson.
1: Okay. Yeah. So what what are you thinking? You might get a suspension out of this.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's Kane, right? So we know, we know the MO and we know the aura surrounding Kane. He goes in, it's a great hit. It's a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. It was beautifully done from Kane's part. He follows through, stick makes contact with the side of Oliver ekman Larson's head. Penalty goes up for a high sticking. But the problem is, is that he, in bracing for the boards, the stick essentially makes contact with the side of OEL's head, and OEL's other side of his head hits the corner of the half boards behind the net. So it's not going to look good, especially when you slow it down on slow-mo. It looks really bad. I'm I'm
1: actually working on bringing it up on the screen here. So, so keep talking. I'll have it here in a minute.
2: Gotcha. Um, so I already, I I don't know. It's the NHL player safety. It's the same old song and dance. When it comes to them, they're going to spin the wheel. And there's a slight possibility that Evander Kane could possibly face suspension for this. I don't know of any hearings that have been called for it yet. I don't think he will be, um, I would love for him to be able to play in this game. Sammy blaze is going to be out for his uh, hit to the head. So um, that's what I want to see. I want to make sure that Kane is eligible to play. And it looks like uh, for those of you that are watching the live stream right now, Dylan's bringing up this hit. Um, I mean, gonna... It
1: doesn't look good. I mean, I think you're right. If it wasn't Evander Kane, maybe there's no suspension, but seeing as it's Kane and he has a history uh, with it, NHL players' safety, it's I a mean, good
2: hit, and then you see the brace right there, and it's his hand doesn't go onto his head, so it's not like he's intentionally doing that to you know, drive honestly, him.
1: Honestly, looking at it again now. To me, that's fine. It, it, it's, it's an unfortunate hit. Ekman Larson was positioned awkwardly, especially when he was falling into the boards, and he might have got injured, but at the end of the day, I don't th- I don't know what the suspension would be against Kane for that. So I say no suspension.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. There's no major that was called on the ice as well. So it should be okay.
1: Uh Steve Proper saying the payback for the Braun hit uh by OEL.
2: Yeah, Braun that got destroyed by Oliver Ekman Larson. I, I think I know which one he's talking about. Braun has taken a lot of beatings in his days as a San Jose Shark. Yeah. So
1: all right, so uh is it time for studs and duds? What, what, you talking? what what's studs and
2: duds Dylan what is that
1: uh, I don't know I don't know you you tell the people what studs and duds is
2: It seems like so long ago right months
1: Dude I had no recollection of this but
2: uh so <laughs> you know, I had to time. I had to remind Dylan this week I was like he's like hey do you think guys you guys think we should talk about our favorite players essentially like the studs I was like wasn't that the whole point of bringing me on we were going to do a, a nick segment and then it kind of evolved into what we have going on now and do you still have the clip
1: I don't think so Let me oh, look. It, was,
2: it was the greatest introductory clip For us here at the you know hockey what?
1: I, I don't have a clip I don't have the clip uh, I'll make sure to get it on for Tuesday's uh, live stream
2: Okay, that sounds good Because the one with the glasses Flipping down and then the blunt sticking out the mouth That was, yes, I loved it um, <laughs> So we don't have A segue to it, we don't have a, a Transition for it yet no worries uh, though. We'll yeah. we'll do it in post. <laughs> here's here's the
1: transition.
2: <laughs> you hey, want me to clear
1: that for you, bro? <laughs> uh, uh, well, all right, the so, great videos that we have on file here at the hockey podcast network. Not random at all, but there you go.
2: No, this is all timed and planned accordingly. Um, so I guess we're gonna get into studs and duds with uh nick and dylan right now so dylan i'm gonna let you go first i'm gonna gonna let you take the lead on this one we talked you let me go first on the post game show um so this is for the entire week we're gonna do uh one stud and then one dud and then maybe we'll do an honorable mention as well
1: you know why i let you go first on the post game show is because i had no idea who i was gonna pick i brought up the idea it sounded great at first and i was like wait a second i don't know nick take it away but uh, I know who I'm going to pick for the studs and duds on this podcast. For me, the stud was Timo Meyer. I mentioned it on the post-game show. I think he looked great. He's uh, he's looking strong in the puck. He's looking fast out there. He's getting the puck on net. We, we saw a couple tipping goals that were from a Timo Meyer play. I, I think he's going to have a really good season this year. I feel like he could lead the San Jose Sharks as far as points go uh, and, and goals, honestly. He's looking that good. For my dud, I'm going to go with, I mean, this might be a a given. This might be an easy one. I'm going to go with Eric Carlson, and I know we've said it's early and we're not going to bash on Carlson too much, but he did look slow out there. Um, He looked fairly unorganized in the first game against Arizona on the power play. It looked like he was kind of just skating around, trying to be the quarterback of the power play, which he is, but it felt like the rest of the guys weren't on the same page as Eric Carlson, so hopefully he can pick that up the team can uh, be synced a little bit better. Like you said earlier in the show and the power play will pick up, but th- those are my studs and duds. So stud is going to Timo Meyer dud going to Eric Carlson.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, if we had this segment last year, that name, Eric Carlson on the duds list would have been almost a mainstay.
1: It would have been uh sharks fan. Oh three. Steve saying, are you guys doing post game on all games? Not all games, Steve. Uh, but when we have the time, we're going to get together and try and pull together some post games for you.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, but um, let's just say Dylan has some some really nice hardware coming in here pretty soon that's going to help us with those uh, post games. And it's going to allow you, the fans, the people that we do this for, it's going to allow you guys to be a little bit more involved as well. Uh, so look forward to that here in the coming weeks. But uh, transitioning over sorry, to...
1: Sorry, sorry, Dick. we should just break it right now. Moving forward in the post game shows you will be able to call in. That's right, you'll be able to call in to the post game show. It's like a real radio post game show. It's going to be a lot of fun and yes, we do have a San Jose number. Don't you worry, you won't be uh collecting those long distance minutes calling me up here in Canada. So that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm pumped for that.
2: Set us to speed dial because we want to hear your guys' thoughts about what happened. We want to break down the plays with you guys, with the viewers, with the listeners. You know, the you are the lifeblood of this Podcast without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do it. So, well said. said. Moving on to my studs and duds, which is a a stud and dud of the week. I have to give my stud to the stud, the man, the new dad, dad power hurdle, Tomas Hurdle. That man is a man. He's scoring goals for Tobias for his young man. Like, that is mm, from a dad's perspective. That's my boy. I honestly thought you were going John Leonard, but I, I was going to, but. It's hurdle, man. You, you can't. I'll give John Leonard his stud when he gets his first NHL goal. Mark okay. my words. Fair enough. Mark my words, which will be this coming Monday. Bold prediction. John wow. Leonard scores on Jordan Bennington.
1: Put 50 bucks down on that on DraftKings.
2: Easy. Go to DraftKings or download the DraftKings app and use code THPN for new uh, new users. There you go. Um, the read. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Edit
2: it out. <laughs> um, dud of the week. It took me a little bit to kind of figure this one out. I was going to take the cheap route. I was going to say team defense. Okay. But that's that's not fair. I think my my biggest dud is going to have to go to unfortunately Jake Middleton. Okay. And it's it's not to say like I'm I held an expectation for him and he failed. I just felt like it seems like every time he gets his shot he just does okay. And, and maybe he's going to be like a journeyman NHL defenseman that's used to do this or that. It just seemed like there were times where, and it kind of gets reverberated in Bob Bugner's, essentially his press conferences, where he talks about needing redeem Shimek. It's Konejov had great games, both games, first and second game, in my opinion, for what he has been for the team, which is nothing. This is his yeah. NHL debut. He's a rookie. Jake Middleton has had time to be able to work. He's had the exposure, and it just seems like he's not, actually improving his game and there's too many giveaways and carelessness with the puck that I feel like he's going to end up losing his job to someone like uh, Pashnuk or Kanishov in this situation so he was my dud I expected more from him getting another opportunity in a different system and nothing changed for me
1: yeah I mean one thing I did like from him was his speed but then again most of the time when he was using that speed it was trying to make a you know he was trying to jump into the play and then it got the puck off behind him and bad things happened uh, yeah,
2: you bailed him out a couple of times where he turned the puck over in the neutral zone? So a big ops to Nikolai Konejov doing a great job stepping into his role.
1: And like, you don't really want that from a third pairing as a coach, you want to look at the third pairing as a stable pair of defensemen that you can throw out for 10, 15 minutes a game and you don't really have to worry about them. They're not going to do anything fancy. They're not going to put up points for you, but you're going to get through those 10, 15 minutes. But when you have Jake Milton trying to do too much, which is kind of what I saw, uh, in the last two games, then he's not going to trust you to put you out there.
2: I want my third D line or third D pairing to be a Toyota Camry. Just reliable as fuck. 100%. That's what I want it to be. I want it to be the Camry line. Like just, you're going to throw it out there. It's going to fucking work. It ain't going to wow you. It ain't, it doesn't have the bells and whistles, but it does its job. That's another potential,
1: uh, title name for the episode. We got a lot. This, we got a lot. (laughs) Uh, Honorable mention the posts. Yeah. More posts than a Home Depot. <laughs> was it more posts or pipes? More pipes. Well, they got posts at Home Depot too.
2: Build yeah, up. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is great. I Actually, love I think
1: it. it was, no, was it, was it Steve that wrote that joke? I don't know. I stole it from somewhere, but anyways.
2: Yeah, it was Steve. It was Steve. See, so he's going to chime in here pretty soon. He's going to say, wait, that was me. <laughs> so. Royalties, motherfucker. Royalties.
1: <laughs> royalties. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, honorable mention goes to the goalpost. Martin Jones's best friend for game one helped us win that game and weren't our best friends game two, but still had a couple ringers there. So uh, big things for Connor Garland's future. Played very well for Colin Garland, whatever the hell his first name is. It starts with a C.
1: So. <laughs> I think it's Connor, but he impressed me. Yeah, he, he did look really good. And I, I mentioned it, I think, at the start of this podcast. Phil Kessel, I mean, three goals already. That guy just keeps pounding in hot dogs and pumping out goals.
2: You know, I wanted bar S Phil Kessel and I got fucking Nathan's hot dogs, Phil Kessel. And I'm upset because every time he plays the Sharks, he elevates his hot dog game. He's like a ballpark yeah. Frank out there. He just gets it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't get all the hot dog references. I mean, we only got like one R.S.
2: Like 99 cents for like eight.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, That's that's the kind I roll with. Um, all right. Should we touch on anything else or should we uh, go to break and jump into Nick? We'll try it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think as long as there's no live feeds coming in, there's no comments coming in from the live feed. I think we're good to take a small commercial break and then catch up with the Nick. We'll try it.
1: Well, speaking of comments on the live stream, uh, Sharks fan oh three says the reply was better uh, with more pipe than a Home Depot. Um,
2: props to that person. Props to
1: that person there, oh, and he correct himself. Props. There you go. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. All right, folks. After the break, we're gonna get into the world-famous Nick Will Try It segment. And we're also going to bring up some Twitter questions that you guys sent us this morning. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast.
0: What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band, State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand Snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys all the way down to artists who are unsigned, where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you exclusively by the hockey podcast network all right ladies and gentlemen
1: it's time for another segment of nick will try we got some nasty shit on board today so sit down put on your
0: fireplace grab some wine and watch as this shit unfolds baby
1: That has to be my favorite uh, transition video. I, uh, whoever
2: made it is just a genius. I don't
1: know who did it. I just I just found the file on my computer. It's like, oh, someone just dropped it in there. They snuck in here late at night, THPN office, and uh, look at that. Look at that.
2: And uh, I did get a message uh, from Steve, actually, the, the biggest Sharks fan that I know, even more so than myself. It's actually pronounced Jonathan Becker. So my apologies, Jonathan. Okay. Please don't ban me from all of the events at SAP Center. Well, Please. I'm kind
1: of happy. I'm kind of happy to be honest, because I'm always the one fucking up everybody's name. Uh, <laughs> Steve's also saying that is smooth. Yeah, it is smooth,
2: like whiskey, uh, like Gentleman Jack.
1: He says, "Oh my god, that is so funny." Yeah, I I crack up every time I hear it. It's it's pretty amazing.
2: Oh, that's great. Okay, I got something. Uh, I got something accidentally on purpose for you guys. Yes, that is a thing, especially here in California, <laughs> especially oh.
1: here on the Stick Hungry Podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With the phenomenal performance from the dad himself, from Tomas Hurdle, I wanted to do my best Hurdle the Turtle impersonation. I got some nice organic wasabi premium roasted seaweed. It's gluten-free, and it's spicy hot. And look, it's got a little turtle on the top there.
1: there so you go. There you go.
2: It's, uh, it's organic. It's non-GMO, so you're not putting any geni- genetically modified organisms in here. And I don't, know, uh,
1: I don't know, man. I like my GMO seaweed, personally. Yeah.
2: Okay, Monsanto, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> A little note on the side of the packaging here uh, from Annie and Steve, the Gimme Founders. Uh, Gimme seaweed. It says, ready for something new? Gimme harvests and curates the highest quality, best tasting seaweed on this precious planet. Enjoy Gimmy's roasted seaweed snacks and prepare for an umami adventure. Enjoy. So, I mean, it's the number one organic seaweed brand. It's, it's a high,
1: high bar they're setting for themselves. but uh, Yeah, them it's, for them. it's
2: a product of Korea, though. And you know Korea never does. Korea never never disappoints with anything. This is going to be loud, by the way, because this is very loud packaging. I have yet to open it and give it the signature smell test.
1: Uh, shane van ey saying i love seaweed and wasabi well you should you should give this one to try then shane
2: so you know i've had wasabi once when i was eating sushi and i've never had seaweed outside of a sushi roll especially what seems to be crispy seaweed so we'll see how this goes
1: i remember you know when i was really young i think it, it was definitely an elementary school we had like the hot lunch days where they'd bring in like I don't know. They bring in like cheap little A&W burgers. And one time, for some reason, they had wasabi. And I can't remember where they got the food from. It was like on a Friday and they bring you like hot lunch, right? Because we're we're Canada. We don't have cafeterias or anything. We don't have like big ass schools like you have in California. And one of the kids like snorted a thing of wasabi. And he was like, this is like grade four or five. He snorted the wasabi and and just destroyed that kid's life. Anyways, that's my wasabi story. That's-
2: What the fuck am I doing with this then? Do I got to make it too far in life? Holy Toledo. That is that's next level. Oh my God. This is something. Okay. Um,
1: I honestly, personally, I cannot stand seaweed. It's disgusting. This is,
2: it just looks black.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a very light.
1: Well, you know what you got to do? You got to crush it up and give it the old snort.
2: Um, the smell. Ta- too
1: many of those jokes on here. I got to stop that. I really do. You know,
2: yeah, you're gonna cause some problems, my man.
1: We might get um, Who knows?
2: It it doesn't smell as bad as I thought it would. It reminds me of uh. Reminds me of the sushi place out here. Already got those sushi. Shout out to them. Half price rolls, baby. Cool, um, you. this is it. I have bad lighting in this room, so you can't really see how green it is. Well, maybe if I do this, if I hold it back here, kind of. Yeah, we we got it for Feel a bit a of a comparison, comparison jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Is it <laughs> it's not black, it's not teal. <laughs> um, it's so light, like it's got this like salt over it. I'm assuming that's for flavor because it's seaweed. <laughs> we should get producer T to put some of this in some of his uh his dab rig that he has or something. Oh, yeah.
1: There's, there you go. That'd be a um, hell of a nickel try segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
2: Um, I'm just gonna dive right into this. Get it because it's seaweed.
1: Oh, this this guy's on point tonight
2: jesus oh i got warmed up with the blue notes guys you know i can't i can't not be all right fuck it let's just try it
1: let's dive right in first bite was you know a solid bite it has a good crunch there he's contemplating life and it's hot, the... it's hot? okay it's hot it. on the
2: tongue though it's not hot in the mouth hmm.
1: interesting interesting
2: it tastes like fucking garbage though
1: hmm. as <clears throat> seaweed does uh like i said not a big seaweed fan I mean, just just the name, seaweed. Like, you really need to be eating that. There's so much in this world you could eat. You're eating seaweed?
2: It's stuck on my tongue. Don't bash sushi. No, sushi's good.
1: Okay, sushi's good, but, like, that's the seaweed. Just just one part of the sushi. All right, fair enough. If you just sit out there eating seaweed, I mean, like, you you might want to seek some help. It's like an integral part, though.
2: Yeah, because it's like the tortilla, essentially. Exactly. You you're just going out there eating tortilla shells.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you give me a nice corn tortilla shell, and I'll munch that all day,
2: unbaked, unfried. That's why I'm a pigeon.
1: Yeah, yeah pigeon. you are a pigeon. You are a pigeon. Uh, I seen you eating uh, out the dumpster out back. So you'll you'll eat anything. You really will. Seaweed's yeah. a delicacy to uh, produce a pigeon.
2: Uh that tasted terrible yeah and the The wasabi was like oh look it's spicy on the tongue and then it's just like oh and here's the flavor of seaweed well the thing with
1: me is like seaweed i don't like the taste and the taste just lingers sticks around in your mouth for a while and it's just like got that earthy kind of taste not not a fan not a fan it
2: it reminds me of the crickets okay it it just tastes like the part of the the sushi that it just there but it's (sighs) It's earth, like you said. It's earthy. It just tastes like dirt.
1: What, Nick? I I haven't checked this for a while, but what episode number are we on overall? Because we must be getting close to that one hundred mark where you're going to try that chocolate.
2: I think we're only a couple weeks away, two to three weeks away, um, from what I I've tried to keep track of it with the math because it was a little difficult at times. Um, let's see if I can't do this on the fly really quick.
1: That's a risky game, my friend. So,
2: um, <clears throat> excuse me.
1: Uh, Shane Van Ice jumping in saying it's better than chips. Seaweed is better than chips. Jeez. All right, Shane. Uh, I recommend <clears throat> it.
2: Sorry, that was the wrong answer. <laughs> so I believe that we're on episode ninety. We're we're close to episode ninety one or ninety-two. Okay. One of the two. So we're getting there. We only got and we're doing two, two, you know, episodes a week now. So do the math y'all
1: because for I So do it for and me four
2: weeks away. And I believe it does time up. It's going to be a Sunday episode. So it will be live. It will be excruciatingly painful. Steve uh-huh. chiming in again says hard. No, I'm assuming it's a, uh, in response to Shane Van nice's it's better than chips comment. So, uh, Steve, you are correct. It is not <laughs> better than chips. Um, so yeah. there you have
1: it. Another segment of Nick will try it. He doesn't look too happy.
2: It's stuck in my fucking teeth right now.
1: His teeth he didn't puke like Isha Jeromey did a couple weeks ago with the chili bamboo shoots. I think we still have the chili bamboo shoots in the studio because I showed Producer Chi last week. That stuff is is disgusting. I almost feel like it's fucked, dude. Yeah. I feel like to get rid of it, like we can't just like throw it out. We're gonna have to do this like grave style, like go out in the back, dig a grave for it and bury it. So no one will ever find it.
2: I 100% agree.
1: Can you imagine in like 20 years where they start redeveloping this area? They dig it up and there's a Jumanji (laughs) style. (laughs) Just a bottle of bamboo shoots. Someone tries to eat it, throws up, buries it again. The cycle continues.
2: Oh man, pigeon nose. And and what was up with tea? Just opens it, smells it. Oh, smells it again. Like what the hell are you
1: doing? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what that was because I did the same thing. You went to go smell the chili bamboo shoots and you kind of have an idea in your mind what this is going to smell like. And you smell it and your brain it's so is off. just confused. It, it doesn't know what it, it just smells. So you're like, you know what? Was it bad or was it just different? You go back, take another whiff and you realize it was just fucking disgusting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a what an experience.
1: This this segment has uh, it's really been a roller coaster.
2: Yeah, and it's going to end with a bang, so it will. Uh, it will be essentially being canned, at least temporarily, uh, while we are able to do more content, because we're rolling up on close to an hour now, so uh, we'll be able to provide you more hockey content now because the regular season started, but uh, it won't die forever. It'll be like the McRib. It'll come back at the most inopportune times, <laughs> and it will always disappoint, so... <laughs>
1: All right. So you mentioned it. We are kind of running out of time here. So we're going to bring up some Twitter questions uh, that folks sent to us earlier on today. Uh, we appreciate everybody that gives us questions for the podcast. So I'll start off here. Uh, the butcher of Blaviken. That's a fucking uh, name. That is a hell of a name. Uh, thanks for giving us a follow on Twitter. He says, we just need to tighten up our turnovers and play each 20 minutes with intensity Feels like when we're starting to get attacked, we don't know how to react. Still, a lot of hockey left. It's a good rap line.
2: That is a good rap line. We get attacked, we don't know how to react. (laughs) That's a girl in the back of the lac. Shane's taking notes right now. Um, Keep going, keep going. I just
1: figured I'd throw this up there. Steve Cropper, you guys are the best. Thank you, Steve. So, what do you think about that? I I tend to agree with them. Um, You know, like in that last game against Arizona we played with intensity in the first 20 minutes. And then after that, it fell apart and we kind of picked it up in the third, but it was too little too late.
2: Yeah. And and like you said, uh, you play with that level, that level of intensity. Right. And it seems like once they got behind those two goals, right. They didn't look at the clock and be like, Oh, we got a whole period and a half. Like we just need to stick to our game and the goals will come. Right. It, and like he said, when we start getting attacked, we don't know how to react. And so (laughs) <laughs> with, with, with it's it's a fucking phenomenal it's a line, movie. it's a phenomenal line. Okay, <laughs> he, but he, he's one hundred percent correct on on the analysis. You got to play each period. You got to attack each barrel as the you know United States World Junior Championship team would uh would say. You got to take it one barrel at a time, and, or one period at a time, one shift at a time, and you got to stick to your game. You can't make your opponents let you miss. Um, So therefore. They're going to have to get a little bit better at sticking to their game and not getting as frazzled or not just uh watching. They, they were caught watching a couple of times as well. So I agree, butcher of Blaviken.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- this league's too good. You start to panic, the other team's going to pounce on it. Um, Evil E of the Dark Order, long-time fan of the Stick Hungry podcast. Follow him on Twitter at 3KA. He says, how concerning is the shimmick? Uh, knee after him getting an extension then out of the blue it starts to flare up again It it, it is concerning because like we talked about earlier in this episode we need that third line that third pairing to be a lot better so we need shimmick back in the lineup we need some redeeming as steve would say
2: yeah it's uh it's concerning more for him as, a, as like a person and a player during his press conference he was very uh taken it's like he felt defeated he almost said i I don't want to say it was verbatim but he said something along the lines of uh i i I haven't done anything wrong and and it still hurts essentially so it feels like mentally he's starting to get taken out of the game i feel like he just needs to get a good shift you know when i think he's going to end up making a start here come monday uh he just needs to get a good shift out there and get that confidence back. And I feel like it's going to be better for him. He was practicing with the team. Uh, we'll see what happens moving forward.
1: Thank you, uh, Evil E of the Dark Order, for your question. Uh, let's move on to – oh, God, I don't even know how to say this name. Colin
2: – I'm going to say Ditchkowski
1: Dyskowski. Colin Dyskowski at C underscore Dyskowski. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to spell that. Just figure it out. Um, <laughs> he says, I feel like Couture has been invisible. I mean, the first... Two I games, almost
2: made him my dud. I was this close to making yeah, him my dud.
1: They weren't his best games the first two games. I didn't see anything like egregious from uh, Couture, but uh, I've seen better from him.
2: He needs some improvement in a couple of facets of his game. Uh, he was pretty good in the face-off percentage in, in game two. I'll give him that. He was 45%. So... That's nice, but he has his moments where I feel like he gets taken out of the game. When the playoffs hits, he's number one center. He's the number one player, but during the regular season, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it's going to take him a little bit longer. You know, he's got to get his legs underneath them, per se, much like everybody else. But that's why I did not make him my dud of the week. So I, I agree with Colin in a sense where he I feel like when he's out there, he's OK. But he did get an assist on the uh, first power play goal. So.
1: There you go. Go on the scoreboard. Go on the scoreboard, um, Jamie. Uh, how would you say this, foe?
2: You know, I talked to her a lot on Facebook, or not on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. And I, because she's also an Oakland A's fan, and I mm-hmm. still have not attempted to pronounce her last name. All right, recall well, Jamie F.
1: <laughs> Jamie F. Jamie F. wrote a lot. I uh, had had quite a few points for us to go down, and, and I'm not going to read it all. I apologize, but we'll we'll talk about some of this. So of the two games, uh, so this is what Jamie says of the two games. I saw a lot of positive improvement on our offense attack. The first game, our defense seemed improved, but then started to go down the rabbit hole. They were in last year late in the game. The other thing I noticed is Jones seems more comfortable in net. I agree with that last point. He does look more comfortable in net. I know he gave up five goals in that second game against Arizona, Like I said, I think three of those were flukes. So I I agree. I think Martin Jones is looking a lot better so far.
2: Yeah, I would say the same thing. He's going back to what uh, gave him success, which was less athleticism per se and more doing what works for him, which is positional saves.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, Jamie F, thank you for following us on Twitter and thanks for the questions uh keep them coming every time we do a live stream we'll take the questions I, I, I mean we might not read through all of them but we'll get to at least one or two of them and uh we're running out of time though so we gotta we gotta move on with the show Nick it's just so strange because we have games to break down we have actual hockey to talk about and then I look at the clock and wow we're now we're in already it feels like it's been 20 minutes but yeah uh, we're, not, we're not ragging the puck like we've been doing the last eight months
2: no it's it's enjoyable i can actually have sh- sh- you know shorter answers to questions now so i don't have to fill everything with fluff yeah let go ramble on so
1: no it makes it makes doing this podcast a lot of fun and now you know on twitter sharks fans are starting to get excited they're starting to interact with us a little bit more which is also nice to see and it makes up the podcast a lot of fun uh anything else you want to touch on before we jump out of here
2: uh no! If you guys like the live tweeting that we're doing, uh, let us know. We've had a couple of people reach out and say that they appreciate it. They're they're in situations where they can't necessarily watch the game, um, and we we attempt to do our best at breaking down what's happening uh, in what's most important to us. Um, just let us know if you want us to keep doing that. If not, don't let us know. Well, we're we're just gonna keep we're, doing live
1: it. Live your so. life how you want to live it.
2: Yeah. Let's- do you boo boo? But yeah, I think I think we're all good here. I think we're ready to sign off.
1: Yeah, I think we're ready to sign off. Um, actually, before we sign off, I want to give a last shout out to our new sponsor, DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at sign up for exclusive offers every week. That's DraftKings.com, promo code THPN. Nick, let's give a last shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network at Net. Nick, where can the fans find you?
2: Find me on Twitter at Nick Flora underscore.
1: And you can find uh, Kyle trying to get some new internet, but uh, you can follow him on Twitter at McLaren underscore K. And Producer T, who is MIA, he's, he's missing once again. I might have to call the uh, the dairy company, get his face plastered on the milk cartons again, but we'll see. I'll give it a couple days. You can follow him at Producer underscore T. All right, Nick, this has been a fun episode. I'll catch you on Thursday, buddy.
2: Take it easy.